Hello, everybody, and welcome to Random Trek Review, the podcast where we analyze, discuss, and review randomly selected Star Trek episodes. My name is Andrew. I'll be your host this week, and I am joined by this dirty, untrustworthy grup named Matt. And Matt, you know, you better be careful this week, otherwise you're going to get a couple of bump bumps right on the head. With with a hammer? Uh, Yeah, exactly. With a (laughs) tiny, child-sized hammer. Well, I think I have an old football helmet rolling, roaming, <laughs> laying around here. So I'll just put, I'll just put it on and um, hope that that'll be enough to protect me from the child-sized hammer. Yes, and that of course means that we are uh, back in the original series this week. We are looking at uh, Miri. How have you been um, this past week? Have you been doing any Star Trek stuff? Up to any interesting uh, space uh, adventures or anything? Like, what's new in your world? Not really. Um, I've actually been watching Monty Python's Flying Circus lately, which uh, has nothing to do with Star Trekiness. So um, I guess the answer is no. I haven't been up to any Star Trekiness lately. That's true. I mean, I guess we, at the time of recording, uh, season two of Discovery's back on, which is exciting. There's been some kind of uh, trickling-ins of the new Picard show, and it seems like uh, Michelle Yeoh is getting a new show as well for um, uh, Captain Giorgio or Mirror Universe Giorgio. I hear um, that we're going to be getting a show soon, too. <laughs> There's just so many shows to be had. They're just handing them out like Halloween candy. I That's right, yeah. Call you soon. know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe we need to phone up CBS All Access and see if we can get uh, get a spot on the show or get our own show, maybe. <laughs> We probably could. All right. Well, we're looking at Miri this week. Um, of course, Miri's a very early season uh, one episode of the original series. I had not really been through the original series in a while. Um, I feel like I maybe I definitely got some pieces just because of the name. But um, why don't you give me a little bit of a recap on the things that I said, as well as how well I did in terms of? I mean, this is. An educated guess at least this week um, I know I didn't get zero because I knew that Miri was a girl's name but um, why don't you give us a little recap of what I said and give me a rating out of five purple lesions sure um, I went back and listened and um, you know it was a bit of a shot in the dark but I mean you got some little things right like you knew it was like Kirk Spock and McCoy on a planet and that's very true because they're really the only characters or main characters that we see in this episode uh so you got that um you got that miri was the name of a of a young lady uh and that there was you know a problem that they had to solve on the planet on a random planet but uh otherwise i i, I couldn't really give you scores for the rest of that stuff yeah so, that's true i kind of thought it was gonna be like a feminism thing escaping or you know kind of yeah. getting out of sexism which it really wasn't no not really so um, I'm going to give you a score of uh, two purple lesions out of five. For that. All right. Are those going to be on my arms, leg, or face? <laughs> 
We'll give you one on your arm and one on your face. Okay, good, good. But don't worry, it'll fade away by the end of the episode. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> uh, all right, so of course we are watching uh, the original series, season one, episode uh, 11, Miri. It aired on October the 27th, 1966. Hard to believe. Um, it guest stars Kim Darby as Miri, Michael J. Pullen as John, and a bunch of annoying kids who I decided not to write down because a lot of them ended up being... Um, kind of like kids of people on the production crew and stuff, which we'll talk about in a bit. It was written by Adrian Spies, and it was directed by Vincent McAviti. And here's a little synopsis in case you didn't check it out. But of course, being the good, loyal RTR fans that you are, you of course already watched this. But um, if you didn't, this is where we're at. We're back on the original Starship Enterprise. Kirk, Spock, and the gang pick up an Earth-like distress signal, which leads them to Earth... Well, not quite. It's apparently an exact copy many light years away from regular Earth. It includes having the same density, circum circumference, and even the same top topography. Kirk leads a pretty big landing party of himself, Spock, McCoy, Janice Rand, and guards Galloway and Fields. It appears to be an abandoned planet until a zombie-like creature attacks before dying in the street. Apparently upset that his... Tricycle is broken, maybe? Um, searching for clues leads them to finding an adolescent girl named Miri, as well as hearing some children making noises and running amongst the streets. A little very awkward flirting from Kirk comforts Miri enough for her to explain that all of the adults are now called Grups, um, and they went crazy and died from that zombie-like disease we saw earlier, leaving only the children that they call themselves onlys. Spock, Kirk, Janice, and McCoy head to the local hospital and figure out that kind of with some science and research and some help from the Enterprise, that these people were trying to create a drug that would allow people to live a really long time, making 100 years age you about only one month. They screwed it up and it ended up killing all of the adults. To make matters worse, the landing party is now infected with that disease. And when the kids on the planet hit puberty, they'll get sick too. Also, they're running out of food. Oh, and also Miri has the disease because she's become a woman due to her recent arousal brought on by Kirk's devilishly good looks and flirting. Kirk makes an impassioned speech to the Lost Boys, I mean the children of the planet. They cure the disease and they explain um, exactly how Earth got replicated in the first place. Oh wait, no, they definitely didn't. All right, Matt, you can kind of tell from my synopsis there. I'm being a little bit cheeky. Um, some good mystery stuff set up here early, and then it starts to unravel as they try to tie in a lot of different pieces um, and a lot of different um, kind of perspectives from different characters and things like that. Um, so why don't you give us um, just a little bit of an overview, a little bit of impression of the episode. Um, and if you do remember when you first watched it, give us some memories of that. Uh, the first time I watched it would have been about eight or nine months ago when I okay. decided I was going to watch the original series start to finish for the first time in my life. Okay. Um, it did stick out a little bit, but um, uh, overall I think it's like somewhere between mediocre and okay. Like it's, uh, I thought the beginning was kind of all right, but they kind of fell apart towards the end. Um, I just felt like maybe there's a little bit too much going on. They didn't really explain a lot of things all that well. 
I would argue the same thing, yeah. I mean, I think I'm right on board with you there. Uh, I liked a lot of pieces of this, but I felt like it was one of those things where they maybe had too many cooks in the kitchen or too many plot points to try to wrap up too quickly, um, trying to kind of create tension where it didn't necessarily need to be, like the whole angle with the food running out and stuff like that. I feel like I've seen pieces of this before, but I can't really picture or identify when I had actually sat down and watched it last. Um, so this was kind of the first time re-watching it, but I definitely think I had seen it before. Um, I feel like they use that set a lot, kind of that old-timey Western set. I feel like even last week with North Star, it might have been the same set, just kind of dressed down. Um, Good for being a Western, right? <laughs> um, so I think... Yeah, I'd seen it way before, but this is this was kind of like rewatching it for the first time. Let's hit a little bit of background development. Well, we've talked in the past actually about how the original series is kind of hard to dig up stuff, just because like this is '66, people weren't really doing a lot of documentary footage or you know writing a lot of things down, so it really is tough to come by. Well, um, fifty years ago too. Well, yeah, and like I think the interviews and stuff like that at the time were not super common and or like just not really recorded or saved. But um, some small little pieces. Um, the original script had a closer relationship with Janice and Kirk. Uh, we can talk about Janice a little bit later. She shows up not really regularly, to be honest. She's in a handful of episodes. Um, and I feel like they kind of used her in this one as... Well, we'll talk about it. Um, it's the shortest teaser of any of the original series episodes. Just That's kind of... not really surprising. It was pretty short. Yeah, like I feel like it was like 30 seconds and that was it. Uh, definitely under a minute. Yeah, so not surprising. Uh, William Shatner's middle daughter, uh, Elizabeth, is uh, in this episode. She's the little girl that um, he's carrying when he walks back in um, at the end of the episode. Oh. Um, and interestingly enough, there's actually a lot of stuff online. I guess she either wrote a book or she had a section of his book where she kind of spoke about it. She was about five at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, she kind of talked about what it was like to be on set and working with her dad and kind of like seeing her dad the character versus like her dad the dad and just like how different that was it was kind of like a bit of a revelation to her it's kind of interesting actually um if you get a chance to read it um scotty's not in this episode uh i feel like yeah the original series is most certainly the big three and well, there's no her and there's no sulu either yeah exactly um but i feel like scotty's not in a few episodes yeah there's definitely a couple i mean it, it, one of the ones that we did previously all yesterday is like you hear his voice right over the over the intercom it. and that's yeah. it yeah so I mean it was always about um, Kirk, Spock and McCoy even as early as early season one here right so yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also the first time that we see the zippers on the men's outfits which is like kind of bad in a couple of scenes um, and the explanation of the other earth is a bit of a whoops we might save it until the very end of the episode when we kind of wrap things up and bring it back we will talk about this whole problem with them never kind of mentioning it that's a pretty big oops it's a pretty big oops yeah all right matt it's been a while since we've been on the original series i'm excited to get into it so i think that it's probably best just to jump right into the plot points um, we talked about that short teaser in the last segment, and um, despite it being really short, I actually thought it was really good. Um, being early on in the original series, you could tell that they were very cognizant of using a lot of the scientific terminology. They talk about the density and the circumference and all that kind of stuff, which I thought was good. 
especially since as Star Trek progresses, I feel like the techno babbly stuff gets more and more crazy to the point where it's getting out of science fiction into science fantasy. So it was kind of refreshing to see this. What did you think of um, that very short teaser? Uh, you're right. They were very technical uh, in their description of this planet. Although, did you notice that Spock used the term miles instead of kilometers? Ooh, I did notice that. Yes, that's a, <laughs> that's a bit of a whoopsie itself. Yeah, well, it's an American show and it's the 60s, so... It's, yeah, it's forgivable, but he didn't grow up in America. He grew up on Vulcan. That's true. Maybe they have miles on Vulcan, too, that are exactly Yeah, <laughs> that's true. And I guess, like, realistically, you could set the ship to, like, transfer the communication to whatever one that you want, right? Yeah, um, I think so, yes. I feel like this is good mystery. It's just a bit of a... It's a bit of a red herring, right? They show up on the Earth-like planet with Earth-like distress signals. Um, they even show like Earth from outer space, and you can see like very clear like the Great Lakes in North America. Like it's an exact replica of Earth, and they kind of make it seem like this is going to be what the episode is about. Were you disappointed that it wasn't about that? Yes, uh, very disappointed. Like like that's a pretty significant find. We find this planet that's like identical to Earth in every way, and they don't even really do anything about it they just beam down and this whole other thing happens yeah it was pretty, like like why did they have to make it a replica of earth i think it's probably because they didn't want to pay the money to make another looking planet this early <laughs> in the season season you know like it would have been kind of annoying to make it red or to change the topography or something so they just said well it'll just be another earth because this is like really early days right this is oh, yeah it's kind of a time where they didn't have a universe established so maybe they were thinking like oh a bunch of earths will exist yeah that's i guess that's possible and i feel like yeah it's probably just more that they wanted to use that set and humans without makeup and all the rest of it because they already had the zombie guys mm -hmm. so well uh, yeah i don't know it, it is what it is and i mean i think that it's somewhat forgivable because of when this comes out uh, and it's really still pretty early. I was halfway through the first season. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as soon as we, we beam down and we kind of establish that this is like a very Earth-like town, it seems to be like abandoned. And then we get this first kind of like zombie guy stumbling out. It's all broken. It's all broken. The tricycle's broken. Um, this is my kind of beef with this episode is it it doesn't seem to... It kind of be leading you a certain way and then it kind of bounces another way. Oh, yes, very much so, yeah. <laughs> so, um, what did you think about the zombie guy as well as the like childlike mind, let's call it? I thought it was a little strange. Um, they, did you notice when they walked by the bicycle, like Kirk like picks it up and then he hands it to Spock and Spock yeah. kind of looks at it and hands it to McCoy and then the guy just like tackles him and, and he's right. and he gets all he's like, Oh no, the tricycle's broken. You guys broke it. Like it, like was, it was already very, broken though. Yeah, it was very strange. Yeah, like it was not like it was some shrine or some sort of statue or something. Like it was a in a pile of garbage. It was like a derelict tricycle in the middle of a pile of dirt. Right. Now I guess we find out later that the disease just makes you go crazy. So maybe it was like anything would set you off. Maybe yeah, it's possible but even like when when mccoy like he like kneels down he like spins the tire <laughs> like when do you ever see anybody do that 
Uh, yeah, that's true too. So yeah, again though, I'm I'm intrigued and it's definitely interesting. Um, they kind of do the split up and start sleuthing things out. So this kind of leads to um, Kirk eventually discovering Miri, who's just in a closet, I guess, just kind of hanging out. That was also out. a little bit strange, right? I don't remember when the kids start doing like the na 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 na, but it's around this time as well. Yeah. Um, when Kurt, when Spock and the two guards kind of go out, there's like a little bit of that action scene. They're throwing rocks on them and stuff like that. Yep. Um, once they do find Miri, I mean, we should just get it out of the way, I suppose. This whole Kirk, Miri, Janice love triangle, it's obviously really awkward kind of watching this in 2019. Um, but yeah, very awkward to watch. What yes. do you think of it? I'm gonna let you answer this one. Well, I thought the whole Kirk Mary thing was really creepy because she's like, like, how old is she? Like, fifteen, sixteen? Well, most? she's, well, I don't know. Like, I mean, they say that she's kind of like reaching puberty, which for girls is probably like Maybe thirteen, even, fourteen, yeah, okay. like twelve. I don't know. Like, it was it's just really creepy. Really, really, especially when he's like, "You're beautiful." He's like, "Oh, that's a pretty that. name." Like, it was, like... Yeah. I feel like he was trying to, like, weasel information out of her by doing that, but it was still, like, really creepy and not... It was like, Kirk, Kirk, come on. She's... Yeah. <laughs> we know you're a ladies' man. You don't need to pick up, like, a 13-year-old uh, prepubescent girl on a distant planet. And then Janice is getting, like, jealous about it. Yeah. Which makes it even worse. Yeah. The Janice, Janice Kirk thing, like, it was... Shoehorned. Well, like, I'm thinking, like, bigger picture here. Like, in this particular episode, it kind of... But there's... It's one of those things that kind of comes up every now and again when it's convenient for the writers, but... It's not like it's ever, a relationship. And nothing ever... Yeah, nothing ever became of it either. Right. I guess... Are we supposed to believe at this period of time that humans are like much more kind of like uh like free and like i mean not in the 60s but like in star trek like where they kind of have like these like kind of relationships that are like maybe kind of more easy come easy go and it's like more accepted or something because remember you have like the wharf deanna relationship where it was just kind of like just kind of like dating for fun it was like on again off again even like Riker and troy for a long time was on again off again like do you think that Kirk was just kind of going around sleeping with all the members of the crew and it was <laughs> like there was never really the super commitment like there is to be expected nowadays? I don't know. I mean, maybe that's just the way things are in the 23rd century. They're just like... I guess so. But then, yeah, for her to get jealous about it, it doesn't make any sense if that's the case because... Jealous of like a 13-year-old girl. Well, yeah. And if the, if the, if the accepted kind of progression is is that everybody is just kind of free to go and do whatever then wouldn't pe people be jealous all the time or they would just learn to accept it yeah it was just really weird it was very strange um and i mean that being said i i feel like this is a good scene because this is where you kind of get all the world building and i'd like that they took the time and the effort to actually think about what it would be like so the grown-ups are now called grups and the yep. kids are the onlys um, and they talk about the before time and the after time and all these kinds of things. Um, so they've kind of established like what would kids do if they were left to their own devices? 
right? Mm -hmm. And they would probably kind of like make up silly names and stuff. And the the idea too that she talks a lot about how um, what's the rules to the game? Like it's almost as if after all the adults died, like all they ever did was just play games and goof around and they never really progressed past like childhood. That's probably what I would do if I was like stuck on a distant planet with all my buddies that we just go around and cause mayhem and not care about right <laughs> yeah and i mean i guess that and, and that part of it I, I kind of like i think that it, yeah. again the world building here i mean would they survive would they starve to death or get ill or what have you like if you kind of put that to the side the world building and everything like that seems to be pretty realistic yeah i think it's i think it's pretty reasonable yeah to expect that kind of thing from unattended kids on a planet yeah I, I like that part of it um so they eventually make their way to the hospital and we start to unwind this mystery a little bit more the crew gets sick of course i guess this was kind of inevitable right because it's all oh, about yeah. being an adult versus being a, a kid yeah right so this is so this is the thing the other kids so john which is j um a h n i thought it was john that I looked up it's John J A H N. I have no idea. Um, and the <laughs> other kids. So are these kids the most annoying kids in the world, or is this like the best acting because this is what kids would be like if they were left on a planet for three hundred years with no adult supervision, no learning, no education, and no aging, or and at no least aging, not at a regular pace, right? I I did think that they were kind of annoying, but I think that that's because they're just being kids. I think when you right. get a like huge horde of unsupervised kids, especially for that long, I think they're probably going to develop some annoying tendencies. Right. And like John himself is the oldest. So everybody's kind of looking to John and there's a little bit of an illusion that it might be Miri as well, but John's an idiot. <laughs> right? Like, and maybe because of the fact that it's been so long and he's uneducated and they haven't done anything that's really kind of challenged themselves for like this long, but he's a moron and he's the one that they've designated to be in charge. Well, he did mastermind the whole plot to steal their communicators. That is true. He did do that. Um, which boiled down to doing na 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 and then having everybody run out of the room well leave all their gear behind which i mean it could have also not worked right so i guess that's true or maybe they just would have been like oh the kids are just having fun ignore them (laughs) yeah as they just keep working they're just like keep yeah exactly just keep working ignore the kids they're just having fun out there no more no problem all right i mean i guess yeah john might have been overthrown if that if that plan hadn't worked out i guess <laughs> maybe and also yeah like the idea too that like they didn't have a plan they just wanted no. the communicators no no they, they they i guess they just like the shiny communicators and also throwing the rocks on spock no reason they're not doing anything with any kind of purpose because they don't they're not educated enough to know anything well, the other thing that was kind of strange is they have this, like, sinister... They, they seem to have these, like, sinister motives. Like, like they're doing, like, things that are not nice, like throwing rocks at people and stealing communicators, but there, there's never really any explanation for why... Like, why are they so hostile towards Kirk and the landing party? They do kind of mention that they're afraid of them going crazy like the other adults do. 
So I guess they're like, that's kind of the reason that you get. Mm. But I feel like they're trying to kind of create this narrative where it's like the adults are spending all the time in the hospital working on the science and uh, reading the documents and stuff like that. And the kids are just goofing around and wasting their time and it's really trying to hammer down this idea that the adults are doing work because that's what you should do and the kids are just goofing around. You shouldn't be doing that. Mm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Right. Hey, this is Matt, and you are listening to Random Trek Review. To get the latest podcasts and to read the RTR blog, visit our website at randomtrekreview.blogspot.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching for Random Trek Review. You can find us on social media, uh, Twitter at Rando Trek Review, and on Instagram at Random Trek Review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, and prefer old-school email, feel free to drop us a line at randomtrekreview at gmail.com. Now back to the show. So this is one of the other things, too. So they, they eventually kind of figure out that they have this vaccination or this drug that's going to allow you to age one month for every 100 years. Yes. Okay. So that means they've been there for 300 years. Correct. So that means that the zombie guy at the beginning, as well as Luis, that's the girl who goes crazy like in the middle of the episode, yep. that means that they were three months away from hitting puberty and they just happened to hit puberty right at the time when those guys are there. <laughs> and Mary too. Very convenient. Very convenient. That's how these episodes go sometimes. <laughs> So, um, did you, I, the thing with the Luis thing is, is it really didn't add anything. They could have just used the person at the beginning as the explanation. That's true. But they do have to fill 48 minutes. Yeah, this was a long episode. 50 minutes, even. Uh, yeah, that might be more correct, yes. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is is that the person who was, like, the tricycle, you broke it. So that was a, like, person who was at puberty. Like, that, that seems more childlike. Yeah, that was a little straight. That was a bit of an inconsistency, right? Because the guy, like, he was acting like he was about four years old, even though he's supposed to be, like, 14, 14 15, 15 years yeah, because the boys would definitely be a bit later. Like, when I was 15, if someone broke my tricycle, <laughs> I wouldn't be, like, crying about it. I would probably want to beat the crap out of them. Would you have a tricycle at 14? Well, that's also <laughs> I probably wouldn't have a tricycle, at least... I don't think I did. Right, unless it was like one of those huge, like, old-timey ones with, like, the six-foot-tall front tire. <laughs> I, I definitely didn't have one of those. Yeah, so, I, I mean, this is, for me, anyway, where the episode starts to... Fall apart? Not necessarily fall apart, it's just so many things happening, and so many inconsistencies in terms of what they've established, that it was almost like they had all these ideas, they threw them in a hat... And rather than like pull one out and make an episode, they just dumped it out on the table and was like, let's just go, you know? Um, it's kind of an interesting <laughs> idea, right? The idea of like making yourself not immortal, but just extending your life so long by like slowing the aging process down. And yeah, the fact that it doesn't work is a really kind of a cool idea. And the fact that, you know, then all of a sudden like puberty becomes when you will be killed, basically. Yeah, it's, I, I thought that was kind of a cool like, the whole, like, trying to slow down the aging thing was kind of neat, and then it went totally wrong. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I didn't mind that part of the episode, but... 
I actually didn't mind the episode when they were like in the lab and they had the uh, Dr. McCoy's like computer and they're putting in all the data chips and they were like talking about the amino acid sequencing and all that yeah, kind yeah. of stuff. Um, and it, just the idea too that like, yeah, once you hit puberty and the hormones come, they offset, they start the disease on this process, which I liked. Um, lots of good stuff. But then, yeah, this is kind of like in the third act where everything kind of goes left, right, up, down, crazy town. Um, the crew starts turning on each other. That was the first thing. Yeah, but some of those little arguments, like bickering, was actually not bad, I thought. The bickering and the writing in this episode is amazing. Yeah, yeah. The lines when they're in the laboratory is like next level. I feel like there's a section of about maybe five, ten minutes where it's just like boom, boom, boom. Every line that is spoken is like a, a quotable line. Did you feel that same way? Uh, I felt like there was definitely a lot of good uh, zingers in this episode, yeah. Um, during during those little little arguments uh, in the lab, yeah, there's definitely... The, the, the quip level is definitely very high in those scenes. Spock, when he says being a red-blooded human obviously has its disadvantages. <laughs> that was a good one. Wasn't that like in response to someone... When McCoy says like it doesn't have... I guess they have no interest in sucking on your green, green Vulcan green. blood. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, there's just, I don't know. There's a lot of really great lines. Eternal childhood filled with play, no responsibilities, almost like a dream. I wouldn't examine that dream too closely, Yeoman. It might just turn out that it might not be very pretty. Like, just like, it's just like, boom, boom, boom. Everything was just really, um, yeah, really spot on in terms of the writing here. I really enjoyed it. The third act, yeah, for me, I'm with you. It kind of falls apart. Um, the crew's turning on each other. The kids steal the comm badges using the nana 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 you know the most annoying aspect of children playing i suppose lure them um, away in a very simplistic way right <laughs> miri overhears kirk and yeoman rand talking and gets super jealous which i guess makes sense for like a teenage girl like definitely more sense than janice getting uh <laughs> jealous of miri um but then she decides that they're gonna have this elaborate kidnapping plot yeah and that's gonna lure kirk away and then there's the, that like the ugliest kid in the world is gonna bonk him bonk him on the head <laughs> I, I yeah bonk, i mean bonk 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 oh my god i could have strangled that kid by the end of the episode <laughs> um i feel like i need your help here you need to kind of break this down digest it like pretend like I'm a baby bird and just digest this whole section down and give me your thoughts when you do it. Because I found at this point it was going in all these different directions. Well, oh boy, I don't know how you digest this uh, mess of, it was pretty tough to get through. I mean, this is where I'm like clicking on the select button on Netflix and be like, all right, how much longer? Am I going to get through <laughs> that this? good, eh? It was like, it got overcomplicated, and I don't think it really needed to be. I mean, there's like the whole Rand Miri jealousy thing going on. There's the kids scheming on. There's just it just got too busy. There was just way too much going on. I thought um, it was you know it was not the easiest to really follow and stay interested in any one piece because there's just there's too many of them. Very true. So what was your favorite kind of piece of this and which part did you not care for? I thought like the kidnapping plot, I guess, was probably the one that I liked the most. Okay. 
I don't know. I thought it kind of showed that the kids were like at least trying to accomplish something other than just bonking people on the head and chanting silly things. Um, I, I don't know. It was it, this was tough to sort of make any sense of. That's true, and I think that did you like the Kirk Rand stuff? I didn't really like that all that much. What about when she says uh, on the ship? I used I used to try to get you to look at my legs. Look at my legs. Look at the. Oh, God. Did you like that scene? No. <laughs> no, I did not. Did you like McCoy trying to discover the vaccine? Oh, I thought so, that was all right. I thought that was all right, yeah. Did you like when he injected himself with it, even though they still had like an hour or two left? Oh, that was. I thought it was um, a very McCoy thing to do. He was like, yeah. he, was, he was pretty convinced that he had like figured it out. But Spock was like, no, no, we have to communicate with the ship and get them to right. check on the computer. And he's just like, I'll screw you, Spock. I'll just try it. As soon as Spock like leaves the room, he's just like, ah, I know it's right. Give me the hypo spray. What did you think of Miri's heel turn? Selling out Kirk to try to kidnap well, Yelma Rand. I, I, I can buy that because she's like a enraged teenager. Yeah, good point. So, Flips back and forth. So, well, I mean, she was all jealous because of Rand, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I can buy that, that she'd sell him out. And then she flips back, though. I don't know. Maybe that's a bit much. Okay, and so, I mean, I guess we're all kind of leading up to this big schoolhouse showdown. Yeah. With Kirk and the kids. Armed um, with hammers and, like, bats. bats and, yeah. Okay, so t- tell me about this scene. Do you remember... There's like a thing going around the internet several years ago about like how many kids could you like like beat up? <laughs> I felt like this was like like the manifest physical manifestation of, this of what that thing would be that like was going around because there's like what probably fifteen or twenty kids right. all coming at him with stuff. And at first it looks like oh my god they're gonna kill him. I know, but, but then, then he, he just like, kind of stands just up. Kind of like stands up. He's like got like a couple little things of fake blood on his face <laughs> and shirt's ripped, and he just like walks away. Yeah. That's what I thought of when I saw this scene. How badly did you want him to just start filling somebody's face? <laughs> I guess the small part of me kind of wanted to just start swinging at them. There was a point when that kid is doing bonk, 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 that I wished he had just grabbed him by the ankles and Jason Voorhees, the other kids, like with that kid. <laughs> like just start beating them. Or like that John guy's... Like, he looks like he's, like, 17. He, he could have like beat him up. He does look like he's pretty old, yeah. I feel like he could have kind of exerted his dominance. If he had beaten up John, then yeah. all the other ones would have fallen into line. I think you're probably right, yes. And I was really thinking it was going to go that way. Especially since it's, like, the 60s, like, corporal punishment was at an all-time high. <laughs> I was really thinking this John guy's going to get beaten up. Yeah. But then we just kind of get this, like, somewhat impassioned speech... And then they just kind of all agree. Kind of Kirk says that kids need order and rules and parents. And then they just kind of agree. But these kids have been living by themselves for 300 years. Yep. You mentioned like, oh, they're running out of food. Like they had 300 years worth of food stored up. (laughs) Another small uh, inconsistency that they failed to explain. Right. And I guess that's it, right? So uh, after they get back to the little bunker of the hospital, um, it looks like the serum is working on McCoy. His lesions like literally disappear; they fade away. Um, some, some 
excellent special effects. <laughs> not bad. Not bad, I suppose. Um, well, for the 60s, there, that's pretty good. And that's it. They, they leave the kids behind. I, I made a note of that. They leave the kids behind. They did say they left a medical team with them. Right. And it's they like were going to like, catch summon like, teachers to come. And teach them, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah, the ending, I think just because there is so much stuff, it just kind of just comes really quickly. They get back. Oh, look, he's healed. And everybody's learned. Like, everybody's had, like, uh, you know, a very uh, knowledgeable and vigorous day. And then... That's it. They jump on the ship and bounce out of there. Just another day on the Enterprise. Just another day on the Enterprise. All right, Matt. I feel like we're a little bit divided. We don't know kind of what we want to think about this episode quite yet. We have lots of good things, some bad things. It's a little bit muddled, but let's look at some of the casting characters and maybe that will help a little maybe. bit. Maybe that will kind of... Uh, distill some of our thoughts here. Um, I only really took the big three because I thought that a lot of the kids just kind of were background. They didn't really add that much. Um, obviously, the namesake of the episode, Miri, is the main character in terms of the guest stars and things like that. Um, did you like Miri? Did you not like Miri? Did you think that she was a well-acted character, well-written character? What did you think about Miri? I thought the character was okay. I thought the acting was actually pretty good. Um, I don't know if this is like a famous actor or anything, but I thought she did a pretty good job of like playing this sort of teenage girl who had a crush on uh, Captain Kirk. And mm -hmm. um, I, I don't know, overall I thought she was okay in the episode. Uh, yeah, I would say the same thing. I think that it's kind of a hard character to play because you're trying to play a kid, but then a kid who's been isolated for so long. Um, she kind of flip-flops back and forth, but that could also just kind of be like the hormonal changes of puberty. Um, I think that she's definitely the most likable of all the annoying kids that they have back at that schoolhouse, that's for sure. And I think that it's realistic to think that, you know, as soon as Kirk shows up and, you know, he's obviously super hunky, um, that that would kind of be something that she'd be drawn to, right? Super um, hunky Kirk. Yeah, well, she's a little naive, right? There is kind of a lot of times where they're working on the science stuff and she's just standing over to the side, like, like in the corner. Wiggling over him. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that part of it is well, kind of I mean, funny. Like, but... like, like most, you know, 13-year-old girls would with, like, dreamy Catholic Kirk in the room. Yeah, that's probably true. So, I mean, that part I can kind of forgive. I had two two sisters, one older, one younger. I know all about like teenage oogling. Yeah, that's true. I I'm in the same boat. I have two sisters, and yeah, I think that that's kind of like yeah, it's 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 like the whole Justin Bieber thing, right? Where they get these like instant crushes. I think guys and boys do the same thing, but yeah, it's like you know somebody new comes to the town. It's an adult. He's mysterious. All that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And also, like he was just overtly flirting with her, which that's I mean, true. we talked about that rightly wrongly, but. Um, well, it seems was, to her anyway that she he's interested in her. Yeah, he was. I think he was just like working her for information. At least I hope that's. True. I hope that is the case, <laughs> right? Yeah. Otherwise, things have really gone downhill in the twenty uh, third century. That's true. Uh, all right. So the next character that I got on the list here is John. I'm gonna let you go first. John, I um, I don't have a lot of thoughts on him. I mean, he was like he doesn't have a lot of thoughts in his head either. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, he was the ringleader, but he was not... I didn't think he was all that 
great of a ringleader, um, even though he was a bit older. I, I don't know. I don't know how this society lasted with that guy with the reins. He has the most punchable face of any character I've seen on Star Trek in a long time. He was so annoying and just so like yeah, like he's supposed to kind of be the voice of reason. He's supposed to kind of be the um, the older one, the one everyone looks up to. But he's just kind of created this culture of just like idiocy amongst them, and it's like it's like all the worst part of kids wrapped up in um (laughs) in kind of like one i know he is so i should probably give him a little bit of like leeway but um it's kind of one of those things where like yeah if he had just kind of if they had just listened for two seconds they probably could have figured it out and a lot of their explanations and their reasonings for things is is like sideways even for a teenager Mm. like i work with teenagers all the time and like i don't think that necessarily that if you just randomly see people turning into like zombies that you would just be like, Oh, it just happens sometimes. Like it's not something that we should worry about. Mm. Like that was their rationale for not listening. Yeah. I mean, I think you have to also consider that like he was the oldest and the biggest and therefore he's going to be the like one in charge. Cause that's how things work in the kid world, even though he might be really dumb. True. He was so, the big guy. Right. So yeah. he's going to be the one that people look to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that whole scene in the schoolhouse was just, so so annoying i found that yeah it was hard to like john yeah whatever we probably won't see him again they left him on that planet yep forever all right and then uh the last one i've got here is a yield yeoman janice rand yes who's a lieutenant i want to say well i yeoman is a rank isn't it oh it is i think it is she was like the captain's uh like assistant Oh, so it's not a name. No, it's a name, I think. No, it's no, no, no. It's it's some sort of naval rank thing. She would like You're bring right. Captain, it is. It's like a petty officer. Yeah, she would always be like bringing him like his uh like his like checklist or whatever that he needs to like. Read a good on knowledge, Matt. You're right. Yeah, it's kind of like a it's a naval thing. It's kind of like the petty yeah. officer. So she would not be. She was kind of like uh, Chief O'Brien. Um, He's the chief petty officer, but. Well, she she's like the captain's assistant. She like like she's a secretary. Like, she's like, oh, you don't you don't have time to go down to the galley? Oh, I'll go get your dinner for you. Bring it to your quarters. Okay, like, how come that never ended up being like? How come Picard and Janeway and Cisco and I feel how come like, they never had one. I feel like maybe in the nineties that might have been seen as like being subservient. Yeah, but they had, they had secretaries in the nineties. Yeah, I, I don't know. That's a good question. I guess because like in by the time the Enterprise D rolls around, you have a replicator in your ready room. That's true. So why would you need somebody to go and get it? That would just be the epitome yeah. of laziness. Maybe they just phase them out. Yeah, as that's that's true. Improves. As technology improved, although how come they're not on Discovery? Well, let's let's not get into uh, <laughs> inconsistencies <laughs> with Discovery because we could do a whole podcast on that. All right. So, uh, what do you think of? Janice Rand. Um, she appears in a number of episodes. I thought she was like a decent character. Um, she she was all right. I I don't have any problem with Janice Rand. Okay. Do you remember her from any other past episodes? Well, yeah. Like I said uh, earlier, I mean, I watched all of the original series last last year, and like she appears in you know, a handful of episodes early on. And, um, yeah, I remember her from a couple of uh, other episodes, yeah. 
Um, yeah, I feel like this is one of her last ones. She has a very like typical hairstyle. It's very easy to remember. The, the like weave thing. Yeah, and like the braids kind of yeah. it's like very big. I feel yeah. like this actress ended up in some of the movies as well. Yeah, um, that, I was actually gonna throw a trivia question at you. Oh, okay. I love me a little now, trivia. It's not even the actor; it's the actual character. Janice Rand Ooh. appears in three of the movies. Three of the movies. Yes. Any idea? Any ideas which ones? So I want to say the motion picture. That's one. Yeah. I want to say Wrath of Khan. I've seen the most, and I don't think she's in that. I think Search for Spock, maybe. No. Okay. Okay. If it's not Search for Spock, though, I'm going to say that it's Star Trek Six. Star Trek Six is correct. Okay. Ooh. And one more. I'm going to go on a limb here. I can't really picture her where she would be, but I feel like it was, because I don't think it's Wrath of Khan. And if it's not Search for Spock, then I'm going to say that it must be, it's got to be Star Trek Four. That's right. But I can't picture where she is. She's in it for like one scene. When is it? At the very end when they get like court-martialed. Oh, okay. She like, I think she's like in the crowd. You know when they like all have like they get they get like court martial and they're brought in front of right, like, right, right. Council. She's like in the. In the it's crowd. a cameo kind of pick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very, but she's actually in quite a bit of Star Trek Six, because if you remember, she's well, you probably don't remember because you had to like guess, but uh, she was the communications officer on the Excelsior. Right. Yes. I, I kind of do remember that. Yeah. It's been yeah. a long time since I've watched uh, six. But yeah, I do. I do kind of remember that. And I remember her in the motion picture as well. Um, and then her final Star Trek appearance was actually on that episode of Voyager. Where right. Yeah. Remember, she was <laughs> there's that funny scene where two bucks like blending that perfect tea for Captain Sulu. And she's like, oh, going for a promotion already. Are you? Mr. <laughs> it's like, I assure you that is not my motive. And then he takes it to Captain Sulu and he's like, I may have to give you a promotion. <laughs> That's a good episode, actually. That was, yeah, and bad. actually it was called Flashback. That's right. Yeah. 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 Um, I think that that was kind of Voyager's nod to um, the triple episode that Deep Space Nine did. Yeah, that it was, was kind of celebrating 40 years, maybe, I guess, or 30 years at the time. I think it would have been 30 or 30. Five? Right, it was some sort of anniversary that yes. they did those for. Yeah, they were, um, they were right out. They were right around the same. Yeah, they're just kind of they're just kind of for fun. You can't really take them too seriously, but yeah, they sure. they are pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm right on board with you. I think Janice was kind of an interesting character. I kind of like this side characters kind of showing up and having a bit more of a of a prominent role this time. She gets to go down to the planet. I don't know if she ever actually did another um, away mission in the original series. I have to check up on that, but. Um, some of the other production note stuff that we kind of already talked about was just like the kids, a lot of them were like a couple were, you know, uh, kids of the director and I told you Shatner's daughter was in it and stuff like that, uh, which is always kind of fun. The microphone guy, like, oh, we need one more kid. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and apparently they actually went out and said, you know, we should try to, you know, get, um, get people. They were trying to convince people to bring their kids in. Um, probably take your, take your kid to work day. <laughs> right, put them on set, set yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess they did ha also have some explanation for the uh, parallel Earth thing. Um, apparently it wasn't in the original script, script, and then they eventually started to do some, like, the, the novel adaptations. I don't know if you've seen those or not, but, like, 
Um, if you go to old bookstores, you can sometimes find like, you know, mm. mirror, mirror the novelization because oh. at the time there wasn't really a lot of like reruns and stuff like that. So you could actually go buy a novel of oh. the old episodes. I've never mm. actually read through one, but um, yeah, I guess it's, it's really far stretch. I don't even really want to talk it too, too much, but um, apparently 300 years before the events that are shown in Miri, scientists on Ophicillus 4 developed the experimental life prolongation project that resulted in the deaths of every uh, planet on thing. Something to do with the fact that because Earth and Ophicillus 4 stood between each other and they're right at the center of the Milky Way, the radiation created by the interstellar static drowned out the signal and goes towards earth and create it's like really convoluted <laughs> it sounds um, terrible yeah and so that was kind of like thrown to the side um and in then another book called star trek department of temporal investigation speaking of trials and tribulations because that was mm. the people who came to investigate cisco yeah um they described miri's home world as being an alternative version of earth from a parallel universe which arrived in the primary universe as a result of a subspace confluence. It was eventually returned to its own universe by the same process in 2275, having been transposed with a Vidala planetoid from the same universe. So there you go. There's two possible explanations. Um, I guess at the end of the day, do we really care that much? Um, it would have been nice for an attempt. Honestly. Or just make it another planet. Yes. With humanoid people yes. that just kind of look like whatever right yes oh well that's, oh well. Um, that's what we get do you have any memorable quotes scenes favorite bits that you want to uh want to say i hope you don't steal mine but you might <laughs> i guess the the one scene that i think stuck out the most that immediately came to mind when we pulled this episode out of the, the hat last week was um that kid uh, getting all upset about the tricycle. Uh, that's that's the one that came to mind right away. Um, okay. I don't know why that stuck out. I guess just because this like crazy lunatic gets all upset over a broken tricycle. Okay. So, um, and the line that uh, I wrote down uh, when I watched it was at the very end when they said something about like Kirk and Mary and he goes... I never get involved with older women. Yeah, that was mine as well. It was a classic <laughs> capper to a, uh, yeah, a 60s or... It kind of went on almost to, through the 90s, right? Having that one last good zinger before you kind of freeze frame. Oh, God, um, they do that in almost every single episode of the original series. There's so oh, many... Oh, so many good ones. There's so many great lines where he's sitting there and everybody's kind of like sitting around him. Also, did you notice that he, right before then he says that they're going to report to Space Central... No. Yeah, no, right before they say they're going to send a medical team, he says, well, report to Space Central. So this must be so early that they don't really have all the worldy stuff kind of um, sorted out. Bases, they just have one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was my line as well. It's, it's such a classic Kirk line, and it's delivered so well, and it is kind of funny. It also kind of it kind of alludes to like Kirk's playboy. Like he doesn't want older women. He goes for young. Like it's just it works on a lot of levels. I liked it. Yes. Um, anyway, give me your final thoughts and give me a rating out of five identical Earths. Um, like I said off the top, this episode for me kind of falls somewhere between like mediocre and okay. Um, the first half was pretty good. Like there was a lot of good sort of mystery and um, you know 
wondering what's going on on this like identical Earth planet, but uh, it just the, the second half it really kind of fell apart and things were kind of going off in many different directions. I didn't really like that. It was you know it was kind of a tough second half to get through. Um, I mean, I thought the the kids were kind of annoying, and that didn't really help either. Um, so I, I'm going to go with um, two identical Earths out of five. Two out of five, eh? Um, I feel somewhat similar, to be honest. I felt like there was a lot of really good mystery at the beginning, and then as the episode goes along, it kind of builds and builds, and then it really just kind of comes apart at the end. I thought Miri was a good character, but all the other kids were super annoying, um, especially that kid with the hammer. I could have watched an episode of that guy just getting beat up. That would have been served me just fine. Um, I liked the grups and I liked the onlys. I liked the world building, that kind of stuff. Um, it was nice to see them take Janice as well as a couple of their security people who never really got the lesions, but that was probably just more for cost saving methods anyway. Um, and yeah, a lot of the stuff that wasn't explained kind of Meh. It's a pretty decent original series episode, to be honest, but I feel like I've kind of set my bar so high at this point that i got to kind of go with you. I will give it two identical Earths out of five. All right, folks, we are to uh, the final segment. That uh, red alert siren indicates it must be time to draw a new episode and find out what we'll be talking about next week. Uh, of course, this is Matt's turn, um, so I'm going to reach deep into the baby's bonnet of episodes. I'm going to pull one out here. I feel okay. like I'm due to be embarrassed. So You feel uh, like you're due to be embarrassed, eh? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's been a long time since we... Well, we've never had the animated series. That's right. We have never had Discovery. That's true. The odds of either are Pretty rather slim. rather low, so that's not very that's not overly surprising. And we've only had one Enterprise. That's right. Yeah. So I mean, we we might be due. So I'm gonna pull this out. Um, Matt is gonna get uh, one minute on the timer to come up with any characters, plot lines, B plot lines, any of that kind of stuff in order to uh, hopefully get five points next week. So, it is very interesting. Oh. It is very interesting. We are heading to the land of cartoons, my friend. Oh. We're going to the animated series. Oh, no. Yep, this is going to be bad. We're going to the animated series. So, we are... I have never watched a single episode of the animated series, so I'm kind of excited, to be honest. Um, we, I don't know if you should be. <laughs> okay, Some well. of them are not very good. Well, you know what? The anime series, aren't they only 20 minutes? That's, that's uh, 20, well, yeah, 22 minutes. Yeah. Well, I'm going to still give you 60 seconds because I want <laughs> you to have an ultimate chance. So, um, You want to see what kind of nonsense I can come up with in the next 60 seconds? Yeah. So it is season one. It is episode seven. It is the infinite Vulcan. The infinite Vulcan. I'm going to give Matt a second now to collect his thoughts possibly jot some things down if you are playing along at home please feel free to pause this right now uh, jot some stuff down yourself maybe you're a big fan of the uh, animated series maybe it's one of uh, your favorite things to you know watch on a saturday morning who knows and so hopefully uh, 
you know, you will do as well as Matt, and then you can give yourself a rating out of five next week after you watch it. Um, are you ready, my friend? Um, I think so. Okay, 60 seconds on the clock, and go. Okay, the Infinite Vulcan, I'm pretty sure, I'm taking a wild guess here, uh, but there's this, there's an episode which I believe was written by Walter Koenig, and Spock has to, like, go back in time to prevent his own death. Um, like, he, he, there's, something happens that history is altered and he's like, dies as a child, and he has to go back in time to prevent his own death. So he goes back, like, as an adult, and he's, like, introduces himself to his, like, younger self as, like, a family friend, and somehow he has to, like, prevent, I forget how he dies as a child. I think he gets, like, attacked by some wild animal, and he has to, like, Spock has to prevent that attack, but um, I, I feel like this is actually one of the more decent uh, animated series episodes, so um, I, I think that's all I can say. All right, and I guess if he goes back and sees himself as a child, Michael Burnham's probably there. <laughs> maybe. So, who, maybe that, maybe that, remember when they originally talked about Discovery and they said there was like one plot point that uh, everything kind of like spiraled out of? And then they never really brought it up again. Maybe it was the Infinite Vulcan, and that was what it was. Maybe uh, they were all closet animated series fans. <laughs> Maybe. Who knows? All right, well, we will have to go and, uh, you know, get out our animated series VHS tapes, pop them in the VHS machine, and see what we did. We'll see how Matt did. Um, of course... As always, make sure that you watch it yourself and check back with us next week when we watch The Infinite Vulcan. So long, everyone. Bye, everyone.